Hey listeners, well this week it's all about the budget and what did or didn't get announced by Treasurer Josh Frydenberg on Tuesday night. But there's also been an update from one of Australia's travel groups and a big announcement about the future of cruising from Clear. From Travel Daily, I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is News on the Fly. Well, there was a huge expectation this week with the highly anticipated federal budget being handed down on Tuesday night. After lodging its submission seeking $125 million for travel agents, tour operators and wholesalers, AFTA's grassroots activation strategy has seen the industry right across the country organise dozens of meetings with parliamentarians over the last month and highlight the dire straits that we're all in. So after all that build-up, What did Treasurer Josh Frydenberg announce for the industry on Tuesday? Well, I think it would be fair to say there's a fair bit of disappointment and despondency right across the industry this week after the budget came out. After CEO Darren Rudd definitely created some expectations with his aggressive mobilisation campaign, and certainly in my conversations with him, the proposed package was geared towards what seemed to be possible and appropriate and politically palatable. Then They weren't looking for billions of dollars, although $125 million is, of course, a lot of money. I do think AFTA believed it was possible. But having said that, they also always said nothing was guaranteed. Anyway, after all that hard work, it's been a pretty big letdown, I've got to say. And while AFTA's keeping a stiff upper lip, and they keep hinting to me that a big announcement is just around the corner, I'm not sure that politicians haven't just written off the whole industry. I know AFTA's been talking about the closure of 50% of its members and bandied around numbers like 40,000 people out of work, you know, or half of them who are working in travel agents, you know, not being able to work anymore. But despite that horror, I think it's likely the government really wants to focus on sectors that it perceives are growing rather than in decline. So what actually did get announced? Was there any good news for travel in the budget? Look, there was plenty of news. It just wasn't specifically directed to the travel industry. Um, And it should be noted that there weren't any specific sector packages at all detailed in the budget. Some stuff like money for tourism infrastructure and business events had been previously announced. So all the announcements in the budget were economy-wide measures like tax cuts, the ability to carry forward losses, incentives to employ young people, funding for mental health, etc. AFTA, however, I think has definitely got into a bit of a twist over how it's spinning things. Initially, they put out a press release welcoming the money for mental health and suicide prevention, which of course we're all in favour of, but it's not really something that AFTA had lobbied for. And one measure, the ability for companies to carry back current year tax losses so they can get a refund of some of the tax they paid in previous years and get a quick cash boost, was also welcomed by AFTA, and it was definitely part of the AFTA budget submission. But now in the last day or so, they're saying that, duh, maybe that doesn't actually apply to most of their members. So thanks for nothing, Josh Frydenberg. Not that they're saying that. Anyway, it's a very confusing message. I also think the look wasn't helped when AFTA posted an image of Darren Rudd and one of AFTA's key advisors from accounting firm KPMG on social media during the budget speech while it was going on on Tuesday night, saying they were just waiting for their call from the Prime Minister at 8.30pm. Needless to say, there wasn't a follow-up photo showing them actually taking that call, um, so I don't know what that was all about, and yeah, just quite strange. So... Is that the end of it? Should the industry just uh, give up, throw its hands up in despair? Well, there is plenty of despair around, but uh, Darren Rudd is ever optimistic. He reckons that about 600 similar cries for help budget submissions were lodged with the government in the lead up to the budget, and AFTAS is one of just a very few still under consideration. 
There definitely was some money unallocated in the budget. The governments always like to keep things up their sleeve so they can make good news announcements. So maybe that will see something come through. And I know AFTA members are really pushing for this because after eight months of this hell, the industry really is at the end of its tether. So on balance, I suspect there will be something forthcoming, but how much and how it's structured is still anyone's guess. And there's absolutely no plan by the government to extend JobKeeper past March. So I would have to say that the industry does need to take heed of the predictions in the budget and decide to either hold on or make other arrangements. If international travel doesn't return in earnest until there's a vaccine, which the government is optimistically, I think, predicting will be late in 2021, what does the industry look like then? I don't know, but you can be sure that we'll be writing about it in Travel Daily, Cruise Weekly and Travel Bulletin. Despite the doom and gloom, this week in Travel Daily, we reported on a surprisingly upbeat outcome for the 2019-2020 financial year by the Australian Travel Agents Cooperative, or ATAC. What was their secret? Well, there's no secret apart from the fact that they're a very professional group of like-minded travel agents who operate as a true cooperative. They don't have huge overheads. They're not um, you know, making payments to shareholders. Um, they share in the profits themselves. And generally, they've got very well-established, well-run businesses. But it was definitely a good news story coming after their AGM, which took place virtually, of course, instead of their usual conference gathering. The group's members, I think there's a 100 or so, they'll receive a total of about a million dollars in overrides, only down slightly on the previous year, along with a 12% return on their individual shareholdings in the group. And they also got some air payments during the year. And GM Michelle Emerton said the organisation was really well funded to continue serving its members for the next two years. And there was also some news from Flight Centre this week, with Travel Daily and our sister publication, Business Events News, exclusively revealing more changes to its overall structure, this time in the CI events business. Yes, look, Flight Centre continues to undergo radical surgery, and this time it's the end of an era for the CI events business, which is more than 30 years old. And particularly, it's longtime global GM Natalie Simmons, who will leave the company at the end of next week after more than two decades. CI Events is going to be folded into the FCM travel solutions business and be rebranded as FCM Meetings and Events. That does make sense, given that its big competitors like CWT and an American Express GBT all have similar co-branded operations under their sort of main corporate umbrella for their business group and event travel offerings. You'd also have to consider that one of the major events organised by CI events each year was presumably the massive Flight Centre Global Ball, which of course was going to be in Bris Vegas this year, but has also, you know, over the last 10 or so years, I don't know how long it's been going, taken thousands of flighties to exotic destinations across the world in a major exercise in logistics. And of course, CI Events isn't the only flight centre brand to disappear, with the company having already retired, I think that's the euphemism they're using, the Infinity Holidays and Universal Traveller brands this year, on top of the shutdown of Cruise About and Escape Holidays a couple of years ago. I guess it's another sign of the accelerated transformation of the industry that COVID-19 is forcing on us. It is truly horrible at the moment, and I think we should hang on to the hope that flight centre and indeed the whole travel sector is going to emerge better than ever after all this pain. Travel Daily continues to cover all the big industry issues. And this month, we have a special blockbuster series of major interviews with industry leaders in partnership with the Travel Industry Hub. Next week's October CEO conversation is with Covermore Travel Insurance, Judith Crompton, taking place at 1pm Sydney time on the 14th of October, live from the Travel Industry Hub. Bruce Piper will find out all the latest on the huge issue of travel insurance, 
with more than 350 people already registered for the highly anticipated session. Registrations are essential for these unmissable interviews. Sign up for free at thetravelindustryhub.com. That's thetravelindustryhub.com. Cruise Lines Industry Association continues to work on health and safety protocols to get cruising going again. And this week made the major announcement that every passenger and crew member boarding any ship anywhere in the world will require a negative COVID-19 test. What is the latest on a possible cruise restart? Well, this was huge news and it was made jointly um, at a major conference in the US, well, a virtual conference, of course, called Sea Trade. Um, Claire is doing whatever it can to convince authorities around the world that cruising is going to be safer than ever. And in fact, this is a real industry-leading plan, um, you know, right across travel and tourism. No one's doing this apart from cruise. And it is going to come at a huge expense to the industry, but it reflects its commitment to getting passengers on board again in a totally safe way. Clearly, there is some opposition to cruising at high levels within governments, particularly in the US government. Um, it was reported earlier this week that the director of the Centers of Disease Control had planned to mandate an extension of the current US no-sale order out right until February 2021, but then US Vice President Mike Pence stepped in and made it the end of November. There is some optimism that cruising could restart in the USA before Christmas, and of course massive hopes that something could happen here too. The reality is, I think, that the whole world is looking at the US for leadership on this issue, and so that's where Claire is rightly focusing its efforts. But there is tons going on locally, and it should also be noticed that this new testing regime announced by Claire this week will also apply to its member cruise lines in Australia for any ship carrying more than 250 passengers and crew. And so do you think it's going to be enough? Look, I'm truly not sure. You know, we, we are in the middle of a crazy US presidential election, and cruising definitely still is in the headlights. A few months ago, I agreed to take part in a Channel 7 documentary that's actually going to be broadcast this Sunday night uh, on national TV. I did a very long interview, which at the time was very upbeat about the hopes for a cruising restart. And now I've seen the promos that came out this week that it's being billed as the perfect storm and promises all sorts of exposés about the evils of cruising and COVID-19. I haven't seen the whole thing yet, um, but despite the sensational ads for it, I have been promised that it will be balanced. But clearly, there's still definitely negative sentiment about cruising out there. And as I've said before, it will be a very brave politician who decides to open up a cruise bubble. But having said that, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is a brave person. She described herself as courageous when I spoke to her earlier this week. And I'm quietly confident that she will have a rational approach to a cruising resumption, just like she's had to border closures and, in fact, the containment of COVID-19 in New South Wales. And look, of course, there is also hope in the planned resumption next week, I think, in Queensland by Coral Expeditions, which, of course, as an Australian flag cruise line, isn't restricted by the current biosecurity order that bans foreign flagged cruise ships from our local waters. Anyway, as I and many other people have been saying, one foot in front of the other, it's always darkest before the dawn, and when you're going through hell, keep going. Absolutely. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Keep up to date throughout the week with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and from Cruise Weekly. And as always, please subscribe to this podcast. We will be back next week with more news on the fly.